it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers tomorrow in Abbotsford to play the Vancouver Canucks. We have it on 630 Chad. Face-off show at 6. The game will start at 8. Blue Jays rained out against Baltimore, so they have a doubleheader tomorrow. Aaron Judge Hits a homer for the Yankees. He has 62 on the season. New American League record. The uh, Yankees and the Rangers are tied 1-1 in the third. Uh, Morley Scott has the Elks this week coming up between 7.30 and 8. We usually have that for you Monday at 7.30, but we had the Oilers game yesterday, so uh, we bump our Elks show to Tuesday. Morley has that coming up in uh, half an hour. A lot of uh, interesting storylines going into the season here in Edmonton. A lot of the talk around Dylan Holloway. Great game last night. Got the hat trick. Uh, how is he going to be? Uh, what's his role going to be on the team when we roll into the regular season one week from tomorrow? A lot of uh, high hopes for the Oilers this season. Perhaps uh, some different storylines going on for the Arizona Coyotes. And to discuss those, I am pleased to uh, welcome back to the program a guy, first of all, who has a great uh, Twitter uh, Twitter name, not the country music singer Craig Morgan. No, it is the hockey reporter <laughs> with uh, Phoenix Sports and the uh, NHL Network, uh, Craig Morgan. I, Craig, i got to be honest with you. I'm not a big country music fan. I, to me, you're the only Craig Morgan because I didn't know there was a country music singer, Craig Morgan. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, Reed, but uh, a lot of people out there would beg to differ with you because I get mistaken for the country music singer all the time. In fact... I get included in shows. I, I, I get all these announcements that I'm going to be performing at various shows around the country, which is, of course, news to me. So does the country music singer Craig Morgan have a Twitter account, or is it just all come to you? Oh, he has a Twitter account, and it's much bigger than mine, and, and so is his bank account. Uh, have you ever met or talked to this Craig Morgan, perhaps in, in a jovial interaction of both the names? You know, I've thought about it, actually. I've thought about doing that story at some point, but to date, I haven't done it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to get to that at some point. <laughs> uh, I just I just double-checked. Uh, so the Craig, Craig Morgan, the singer, is C. Morgan Music on Twitter, and you are Craig S. Morgan. So uh, there you go. If people, <laughs> for some reason, looking to yeah, I'm sorry differentiate people, that. I'm sorry if people came to your show and disappointed that they're not getting the country singer on this interview. So. <laughs> they're like, how did Reed get this guy on the show? Wait a minute. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that, that that's funny. Good for you for uh, rolling with that for sure. Hey, good to good to talk to you. Uh, you've been kind to the program over the last few years, though. Unfortunately, we still yet to meet in person because you weren't traveling during the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that'll change uh, change this year. Can you first of all? I'm going to start here, and I know this is kind of low hanging fruit, and you're probably sick of hearing the the barbs directed at it. But can you describe? The, the the rink that the Coyotes are going to be playing into it and, and have they done a lot of things to it to make it, uh, you know, upgraded or make it look a little different? 
Yeah, it's it's Arizona State University's new hockey arena, Mullet Arena, which I, I can't think of a better name for a hockey arena, of course, with the uh, hairdo being so hockey anyway. But ASU launched its Division One program eight years ago, and they've been trying to get this built on campus for a while. It is finally in place, and to be honest, it's it's a fantastic college arena. It really is. It's uh, it's got a lot of nice features, and again, like I said, it's right on campus. It's a terrific location. But it's not an NHL arena, and that's the thing that people continue to focus on. Uh, I get it. It, it. It's not up to standards for an NHL arena. They have put in a lot of work there to get it ready for, you know, broadcasts for, for media folks like us, uh, to, to seat um, scouts, et cetera, to do all the other things that they need to do, including building an annex uh, off the uh, – the northeast corner of the building that is going to house both both team areas for the the Coyotes and whatever visiting team is coming in town. The the existing arena did not have the capacity to to build out an NHL space that was that met NHLPA standards. So the Coyotes put in their own money. They once they reached a partnership with ASU to play in this arena. Um, they, they put in their own money, and that is under construction right now. It's actually not going to be ready until December, and that is why the Coyotes will play 20 of their first 24 games on the road. There will be four home games, but the, the setup there will be a little different. The Coyotes are going to be in the visiting uh, locker room for the college teams, which is actually a nice space. But then the, uh, the visiting team is going to have some, some sort of makeshift locker room space on the community rink that's attached to this arena for those four unlucky teams that have to come in and play before the uh, actual team areas are ready. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I'm just double-checking the schedule. So Winnipeg and the Rangers are uh, coming through. And Florida. Yeah, and, oh, sure my God, like the November schedule. Well. My God. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> right? Uh yeah. And throw in, so throw in this, Reed. They they play all seven preseason games on the road as well in in locations such as Wichita, Tulsa, and Boise. So it's really 27 of their first 31 games that are on the road. Oh yeah, I'm just looking Tucson, Wichita, Tulsa. Yeah, this is going to be a well. Now I I'm noticing the schedule. They'll, I mean, it's still a ton of consecutive road games. There's obviously a couple periods where they'll be able to come home for example they go yeah. east for five in november come back have a road game against vegas that they can do it there and back but then they're on the road again right after man oh man that is going to be tough it really is but when you look at the coyotes plan it dovetails perfectly with the plan listen they're they're not making any bones about it they're not trying to win right now they are they're trying to get Connor Bedard or the highest draft pick that they possibly can. You can look at the roster and understand that that's the case as well. So when you play 20 of your 20, first 24 games on the road, you're probably not going to have a lot of success, and that's going to bury you pretty deep in the season. Okay, and, and so let's transition because when I when I message you, I, I specifically mentioned that we got to talk about this player. Um, the, the the latest here on Jacob Chikrin and and what could possibly unfold here in the days or weeks ahead. Well, I, I don't know if you saw Media Day. Um, I asked him a, a question about maybe turning the page because I, I was the one who asked him about. Uh, um, how he was feeling about the situation on breakup day last year. And that's when he first came out and said, you know, he basically didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. He didn't want to give up the prime years of his career in a rebuild. And, and you can understand that sentiment. It's not, it's not just a rebuild here in Arizona. We just talked about the arena issue. There are other issues here. 
it's it's not the ideal situation for an NHL team. But as a player, you know, they all want to win. But you can understand the sentiment of some guy who says, I just I just want to move on. I want I want the opportunity to go play for a team that's going to keep, compete for a playoff spot. That's not going to happen here for Jacob Chikrin probably in the final three years of this contract. So you get that. But on media day, you know, I thought maybe he would strike a more more conciliatory tone. He did not. He made it very clear that he doesn't want to be here. So now you've got this situation where a number of teams are inquiring about him. Uh, he's out of the lineup right now, injured, still recovering from offseason wrist surgery. And the Coyotes are in a spot because Bill Armstrong does not want to bend and, and lower the value of Jacob Chikrin. He thinks he has a lot of value. He's a very good player. Uh, you can't devalue your assets. That's just that, that basic asset management says you can't do that. You can't, you can't build your franchise that way. And yet you're in this situation where the player has come out and said he wants out. So it's, it's a really, really tough situation to navigate right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, he'd be an appealing player for the Oilers, who you know should be in the playoffs and and probably fit the bill of uh, the type of team that he might be looking for. His his contract is, you know, not unreasonable. I, I know here in Edmonton no. we talk about okay, Philip Broberg for Chikrin, but then the the money doesn't work. So then are you asking Arizona to take Jesse Puliarvi? Well, I don't know, but then they may still want something else. That's kind of how I look at it from this end. What what about you? Yeah, and I, listen, I, I know there's a lot of speculation about these specific Coyotes ask. I would caution anyone who's, you know, if you're reading those reports saying this is exactly what the Coyotes want, I would caution whether you should believe that because, listen, any GM is going to be a little bit flexible. They're, they'll they'll discuss, discuss options. But what I would say is I'm pretty sure that it's, it involves a first-round pick and a good prospect. That's that's where you have to start. Would the Coyotes be willing to take on a contract like Jesse Pugliarvi? Yeah, they might be able, willing to do that, but they've got to get the first-round pick and the prospect. That's my sense of it anyway. And and to date, it does not sound like that offer is out there. Right. So, so again, we're talking hypothetically, but they would want a player like Broberg, who was an eighth overall pick, plus yeah. a future first-round pick, like the, the selection yeah. for 23 or 24. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then, yeah, like, okay. like, you, like you said, too, Jacob Chikrin is under team control for three more years. That $4.6 million AAV, especially when you consider where the cap's going to go soon, I mean, you, you've got him signed for second pair of money. So that's a good contract. That's a really good situation. And the Coyotes know that. They think that's part of the value there, aside from what J- Jacob Chikrin has shown he can do, you know, in past season, certainly not last year when he had a down year, but the year before when he led all NHL defensemen with 18 goals. Yeah. Uh, quickly, I, I, before I let you go, uh, Zach Cassian, who was traded there uh, after seven years with Edmonton, where, where is he fitting in? How's he looking? Well, he's definitely going to have a role here. Uh, it's going to be somewhere in the middle six. Um, I, I think those two lines, the second and third line, are a little bit fluid right now. They're experimenting with some things, but I expect him to be somewhere in the middle six. Okay. All right, Craig, thanks for doing this. I know you're always busy, and uh, and I know you're busy uh, trying to get your country music career off the ground. So uh, <laughs> thanks for checking in on Inside Sports. We will talk again soon, man. All right, Reed, great talking to you. Take care. That is Craig Morgan, who covers the Arizona Coyotes uh, for Phoenix Sports and for uh, the NHL Network, a little bit on the Coyotes rink, and uh, Jacob Trickern, who it is important to point out, like you said, he's still getting uh, getting going again after after surgery. But, yeah, the, the Oilers in a position where the franchise is at, 
that Chickmer would like to come to the team. But uh, as he said, the Coyotes are, are wanting a lot if they're going to trade away a, a player like Chickren. And apparently they haven't had that type of an offer as of yet. Okay, it is 716. Uh, Morley Scott will get us ready for the Elks this week when we get back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. We were talking earlier about uh, Bobby Wagner crushing the fan that ran onto the field Monday Night Football. A few, was it uh, Morley's on the... Was it Tony Washington? Somebody yep. clotheslined a guy a few yep. years ago, Tony right? Tony Washington. It was, it was a game, I think the Alouettes were in town at the time, and some clown got on the field and he started running around, and then he decided he wanted the football, and so he, he, he thought it was a smart thing to run between the two lines of scrimmages and pick up the football, and after he picked up the football, he met Tony Washington's arm, which was out waiting for him clothesline style, and uh, his feet went straight up in the air after that. So yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah I, there's a couple I, of good pictures I have, floating out, out there somewhere. I have no sympathy for that. Uh, I, I try not to resort to name-calling in my professional world here on Inside Sports, but I totally agree with you that anybody who does that is a clown, and that's probably putting it mildly. And I, I said it earlier, I, I, I don't like when people get hurt. I, I don't like uh, violence if, if it's at all avoidable. But if you are running onto the playing surface that belongs to large athletic human beings... And you know you don't belong there, and they what know do you, you don't belong happen, there. Right? You have sort of waved your your you've waved your right to safety at that point. Yeah, and and, and they don't know, and they don't know why you're on the field. I mean, usually it's just some drunken goof, but they, I yeah. mean, who knows, right? Well, this guy was a protester of some sort, right? Because he had that pink smoke bomb coming out. Uh, yeah, and I think he had a message on his shirt. I didn't even bother. Yeah, to look and up I know what Bobby it was, Wagner. I don't want to give him too much, but yeah. I watched a clip of Bobby Wagner, and he was he was basically saying, "We don't know what that guy's plan is. We don't know what he's going to do. So the best thing is to take him down as fast as possible to let security catch him. The security couldn't catch him, so I thought I'd help them out. So yeah. I understand the guy." Yeah. Wife, guy, guy's wife is pretty excited to be having a baby girl, but she doesn't know when the father's going to be around. It was a very cool gender reveal, I thought. Yeah, <laughs> the pink smoke. Okay. Um, I was talking to Blake earlier, just uh, and, I, and, and I know it wasn't the game-ending play, but it turned out to be the game-winning points. It's just a, a, another shocking way to lose. Um, for the Elks, yeah. uh, you know, Chris Jones spoke after the game. He, did, he, did, he does not talk. At least he didn't that game. He didn't talk specifically about the home losing streak. He just said it's a loss regardless of the way he played. And Jones was he was kind of blaming himself a lot. Like, what's the clarity on that? Well, just that he's I, not. I think what he was referring to is is the the three cracks at it that they had from the two yard line, right? And and they got stopped and turned the ball over on downs. And he says they called he called the wrong play. They called the wrong play. And, and when he blames himself, he's blaming the coaching staff, right? And I, I feel like he maybe thinks he should have stepped in and said, no, let's do a quarterback sneak and make him stop us three times instead of standing in the shotgun or giving the ball to, to Kevin Brown, who is, you know, lining up eight or nine yards back uh, from the goal line to hand him the ball and get the momentum to get over. So 
that's where he says they went wrong. Uh, he, he felt they should have called uh, a quarterback sneak uh, the first couple of plays and then s- seen if they could stop him that way or not. So, yeah, it, it went well, right. It's funny, it's, funny read to, it's funny to think they got inside, they got to the five or inside the five twice in the fourth quarter and came away with minus eight points. That's just incredible when you think about it. And they end up being the deciding points of the football game. Yeah, and then and then even then we get one of the best punt returns of the year, and <laughs> and it's like oh well, we still got a chance despite yeah. having the pick six and the and, turnover and, on downs yeah. still got a chance and, and then the and, deflected ball gets picked off. And it's funny you know that pass that went off the hands of Danny Vandervoort and into the into the receive into the DB. Well, that's where uh, Kenny Lawler would have been playing if he would have been healthy, right? So, he does, so it's just a, a mess, right? It's just a whole, whole everything went, that could go wrong went wrong. And instead of having your best receiver there to make that catch, you got a guy coming off the bench who's not feeling sharp, had made a big catch already earlier in the game, but uh, has it go off his fingertips, and next thing you know, it's game over. Morley, uh, quickly, what do you have coming up on the show? Uh, we're going to talk with linebacker Adam Konar. Had a long conversation with him today about a, a number of topics. It's very interesting. And we're going to check in with Derek Taylor in Winnipeg as well. All right. That is Morley Scott, the Elks this week, coming up after the 7.30 news. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator tonight. Oilers now, noon to 2 tomorrow. Face-off show at 6. Oilers play at 8, all on 6.30 Chet. Have a good night.